All right, let's look at the book of Exodus. Chapter 20. Verse 1, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days, not millions, in six days, and those days mean days, the Lord made heaven and earth and sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill. Now let me interject this. Kill is better translated murder. Thou shalt do no murder. The Bible does not teach that all killing is wrong. Matter of fact, Romans 13 says that the state executioner bears the sword for God, for the vengeance of God, and it's for the good of the people. So it's not against killing. There is justifiable killing. One, executions of the state, if they are done according to the law, and the guilt is proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, they ought to be carried out. Now I don't think it's really a big issue with God as to how, that it's carried out. But in the military, when a soldier is conscripted or drafted, or he joins, or she joins, and they're trained for battle, and they go on a battlefield, wherever it is, a soldier doesn't have the right to tell the country where, where they should fight. We don't have that much power. But if your country is at war, 
then you must obey your country. And when you're called upon, you should go. Many of them volunteer. Some are drafted. But either way, when you go and you're trained, some people are not trained to fight with a gun. Others are. Hand-to-hand -hand combat. Some of them become very proficient in that, and, well, they should. It is not murder to kill carrying out the defense of your country. It is not murder. I don't care what any of these sob sisters say. It is not murder. Honorable thing. All you got to do is read your Bible. Policemen. I shouldn't have to do that. I say police women. But if people weren't so stupid, they'd know that the word man, mankind, means men and women. But they're too stupid to look up a dictionary and see what the words mean. Anyway, policemen, in the function of their duties, protecting society from the criminal element, if they have to kill, it is not murder. When someone breaks into your house as an individual, do you think that someone has broken into your house to leave you all Christmas presents. I highly doubt that. If someone has broken into your house day or night, they're not there to do you good. They're there to do you harm, and they, they are ready to kill you and probably will if, you, if they find you. It is not murder for you to blow them away. And these mothers of these kids that get in, that break into homes and get killed, they ought to shut their stupid mouths. Raise your child to not be a thief and they might live longer. It's dangerous business to, to break in somebody's house. It ought to be far more dangerous than it is. If everybody listened to the, to the Bill of Rights, they would keep and bear arms and have them where they could get to them. That's not murder. Let me finish. The, Thou shalt not commit adultery. There's a case where the word adultery is all-inclusive. It includes all sexual sin, and that is sex outside of a marriage of a man and a woman is sin. Sex between two men, sex between two women is sin. Sex between unmarried men and women is sin. I got some raised eyebrows when I went over that during camp. In Bible school. Because children don't learn. The, the parents are too lazy. Omri. 
good for nothing to get up out of bed and bring their children to Sunday school and church. Now you can tell them all I said that and I'll tell it to them their face. If you can't get yourself out of bed and bring your children to church and Sunday school on Sunday morning, you're honorary good for nothing and you're going to pay for it. Amen? Amen. God says, this day is his day, not your sleep-in day. Amen. Thou shalt not steal. Boy, it's amazing. We expect to politicians to steal from us. How do you think Joe Biden's gotten rich? Nancy Pelosi and all that bunch. Now, I remember a Democrat that didn't do that. Harry Truman. He went into office. He was vice president and Roosevelt died. And he became president. And he finished out his terms. And he went back home to Missouri in the same house he lived in when he came to the office. And he didn't have any more money in the bank when he got home than he had when he came to, came to Washington. There's a man that didn't, that didn't steal from the American people. But there ain't many of them. I'll tell you another one that didn't. Donald Trump, that's who. But I can't guarantee none of the rest of them. There may be some, but they need to let it be known. But I'll tell you there are few and far between. Thou shalt not steal. Hmm. You know that's still in the top of ten. God hadn't got but ten laws. For all of creation. For all of time. And just how smart is he? And look what these politicians do. They fill up tractor trailer loads, train loads, and ain't no none of them know anything about what they've done. And God put ten, just ten, and they cover it all. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Well, strictly speaking, false witness is going into a witness stand and swearing to a lie. But it all comes down from there. Lying is sin against God, as well as sin against man. Do you know who's the father of the lie? Satan himself. Who's the father of the murderer? Satan himself. Well... Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass. And that's a donkey. We've just made cuss words out of decent words. Nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Well, you hear people talk, boy, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. I don't want what anybody else has got. You got it. You got it. Honestly, I'm proud of you. Glad for you. More power to you. Just honor God with it. Amen. Now, why do you think I felt it necessary to do that? 
Just the same reason I felt it necessary to do it at camp. Our last session, that's what I ended up with. Isn't that right? Because the law has got to be declared. I don't like hearing these preachers saying, oh, we're not under law but under grace. They don't know what they're talking about. This world is under God's law. And this world is condemned under God's law. And they need to know about it. There is wholesale rejection of God's law in our world. There has been, but it's worse now than it's ever been. You see, that's the reason Charles Darwin conjured up goo to you evolution. He didn't want no God telling him what he could do and what he couldn't do. I can't quote it verbatim, but I can find it. Give me time. There are some of the evolutionists, so-called scientists, that will tell you that's the reason they embrace evolution. Billions of years, cause, and naturalism, the Big Bang, because they will not have a God and an old-fashioned book telling them what kind of sex life they can have. Such as Bill Nye, the science guy, he's a vile creature. He is a vile creature. He spends his time with a lot of vile people. You know, he was a regular at the Playboy Mansion. And he tells all your little children, no, this world came from a big bang. Well, the lost world has wholesalely rejected the law of God. But what really bothers me is when the religious world rejects, wholesaler rejects the law of God. And these brethren say, oh, well, we're under grace. Well, why don't you, why don't you outline who you're talking to? I'll say a saved person, a truly saved person, is not under the law to be saved by it. But answer me this, is a saved person free to violate the laws of God? Are you going to tell people, well you're under grace, just go ahead and violate them, transgress them all. (laughs) That's what they're saying. Look at Luke's gospel, the 18th chapter.
Luke's Gospel, 18th chapter, verse 18. Now, if you've got a red letter edition, I've got one here. Notice the words that are in red. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save or except one, that is God. Well, now here is a, is a Jew, and whatever kind of ruler he is, he's rich and he's young. We find that out from the other harmonious accounts. And he says, I need to know what, what's that one thing I need to do to be saved? Well, I'm pretty, pretty good fella. And so, what's the first thing that Jesus says? Thou knowest the commandments? Hey, antinomian brethren, I thought we were to leave the law alone. That's what they're saying, isn't it? But Jesus doesn't say that. They say that. I'll stick with Jesus. Amen. <laughs> he said, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, that is the rich young ruler, all these have I kept for my youth up. Now the truth of the matter is, Jesus just recites five through nine. And the rich young ruler says, I've kept all of these. Well, now that's just what he thought. He doesn't know near what he thinks he knows. And so Jesus says, Now these, when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. He didn't have either of those. He thought he'd kept the rest of them. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful. For he was very rich. There was the tenth one. And he certainly didn't come in on the first ones. He didn't come follow Jesus. Now, look over at uh, John's gospel. Not very far, chapter 1. Verse 11, he came into his own, his own received him not. That is, the Jews. Jesus was the lion out of the tribe of Judah, the first of the tribes of Israel. 
They were first in line right behind the tabernacle and all of the furnishings. He's the lion out of the tribe. He's the leader. He was a Jew. And all these people that don't like Jews, you certainly couldn't be a child of God. You certainly couldn't be a Christian because Jesus was a Jew. And most of what you teach and preach from came from a Jew. But as many as received him, to them gave he that word power as authority to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. If you want to know what it means to receive Jesus, there's the, there's the definition. Even to them that believe on his name. To receive him is to believe on him. To believe on him is to receive him. And those that do that which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I don't know how Arminius can go through that verse. <clears throat> I just don't know. And the word was made flesh, literally, that was tabernacled. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now look at verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And yet, grace came by Jesus Christ and it's Jesus Christ who is imposing the law. I wonder what these antinomians do with that. The fact is, saved people are not saved by keeping the law. But if they are saved, they have kept the law. They kept the law in Jesus Christ. When he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute his sin. Charge to us our sins. Because he has charged our sins to Christ. And he, is, he has charged the perfect earned righteousness of Christ to us. I have perfect righteousness, but I didn't earn it. Jesus Christ earned it. Now, why is it necessary? I guarantee you there were some of those kids. Now, they, they ate a lot, and we're thankful they did. But they probably don't get to eat like that very often, like they ate during this week of camp. I mean, some of them didn't have right clothes. Yeah, they're too poor to have it. And you see kids not having decent clothes, you know it ain't because they don't want them. It's because they, they got some probably armory parents, drug heads, Brother Shepherd told me it was a while ago that continually come in on Sunday morning and that ramp they've got beside their church building is full of drug heads. And 
discarded needles and whiskey bottles. Want to know what I, what I would do? I said, I'd put a locked gate over it. Because you call the police and they, we can't do anything about it. I'm not fond of drug heads. They know what they're doing when they start it, brother. I'm not start fond of drunks. You know what you're doing when you put that to your lips. And the outcome ain't going to be good. Anyway. The law must be known to know what sin is. And some of these preachers are on a campaign to get everybody to shut up about the law. <laughs> well, let's look at 1 John. Chapter 3. Verse 4, whosoever, somebody said, I'm a whosoever willer. Well, I am too. Here's a whosoever. Committeth sin. And see that word committeth? That's continuous present. Habitually. Transgresseth. To transgress means to to go across to violate also the law. Mm-hmm. Because, for is because, sin is the transgression of the law. I said this there the other day. Sin didn't used to be the transgression of the law. Sin still is the transgression of the law. I said, oh, well, now we're under grace. So sin is no longer the transgression of the law? What, what is sin? Oh, there's ten. Now I guarantee you that those ten cover anything you can think about. See, our Lord, who is wisdom, there ain't no politician that's smart. What are you talking about? (laughs) They're smart ethic, but they ain't that smart. Now, the law must be known to know sin. I'm satisfied that some of the kids that we taught during Bible school never were in a Sunday school to teach where the teacher had them memorize the Ten Commandments. You know that'd be good to do right now. Every one of us make sure we can we can recite the Ten Commandments. David said, in the Psalms, he said, 
Lord, that I might hide thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Do you have anything against memorizing the Ten Commandments and having them right there? Oh, no. I must not. Say, well, you're not going to go to hell because that. No, but my master took my hell on his body because of what I've done. And I don't want to do it anymore. Look at Romans chapter 7. I don't have much time. I'll start with verse 7. Now this is Apostle Paul, and he's well after he's a saved man. Some of them lie and say he wasn't saved when he wrote this, but they're just lying is what they're doing. Paul says, what shall we say then? And notice this, he's writing to a bunch of Gentiles. Is the law sin? God forbid, or let it not be. Nay, I had not known sin, but... <laughs> what am I saying here? <laughs> but by the law. <laughs> That's how I knew sin. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Amen. But sin taken occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law sin was dead. And see, the thing of it is, he had the law, but he didn't believe it from the heart. So it stirred up rebellion in him. Just like in Charles Darwin and Bill Nye. For I was alive without the law once. He thought he was alive. But when the commandment <laughs> sin revived and I died when, when the law came in the conviction of the Holy Spirit sin popped up and I died because I was already dead I died in my own estimation and the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death he thought he was alive by the commandments Nah. For sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. It's not blase. It's not passe. It's still there. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin. Working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, fleshly, sold under sin. For that which I would do, I allow not. 
For that what for what I would do, that do I not. But what I hate, that I, that do. I. He's talking about he's sinning a whole lot more than he wants to. If then I do that which I would not, I consider the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it but sin that dwelleth in me. I'm not going to read the rest of that. Look at chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation. That's judgment. To them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. How did he condemn sin in the flesh? He obeyed the law. Every jot and tittle from the time he was born to the time he died on the cross, he fulfilled the law. He condemned sin by fulfilling the law. The law of God. Say, so, well, that leaves us out of it. No, it doesn't. He did that on my behalf. And you think I'm going to listen to one of these ridiculous preachers that tells me, don't worry about the Ten Commandments? That's God's standard of holiness for the whole creation. That's what Jesus Christ suffered on the cross of Calvary for my behalf, in my behalf. And you think I'm going to say, well, I'm okay with that now. That's what they're saying. Now, Galatians 5, and I'll be about done. We're talking about liberty. Liberty doesn't mean that you can do anything you want to do. Liberty means that you're free to do what God says to do. That's the liberty that our forefathers braved that Atlantic Ocean in a little old schooner sailing ship. Many of them died on the way and went through those horrible winters and froze to death and starved to death. They didn't come here for the so-called American dream to buy a big house and a big car. The American dream was that we come here and we have the liberty to follow the Lord's word as we see fit. Amen. But you don't hear that out there. The American dream is getting rich. That's what they morphed that to. Devolved it. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We're not keeping the law to be saved. We can't keep the law to be saved. And there's a yoke of bondage. But Paul, I say unto you that you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you enough. That would be those that are trying to keep the law in order to be saved. 
then Christ doesn't profit you. And those people that are being baptized to be saved, Christ doesn't profit them a thing. And do the seven sacraments and all that other stuff. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. If you're going to live by the law, you've got to do it all. And the first time you violate it, you're done. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. Camelites take that and say, oh, you lose your salvation. No, that's not what he's talking about. You have fallen from the teaching of the grace of God. Amen. From the gospel, Christ has become of no effect. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion come, uh, uh, cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. That's her problem. For I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whoever he be. And I, brethren... If I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Because it's those that it's those that are the Pharisees that are persecuting me. If I'm going to preach the same thing they do, why am I suffering persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. The offense of the cross is here it is. Jesus Christ took it all upon himself. And he satisfied the justice of God on the cross, in his body, on the tree. And he died and was buried and rose again the third day, all according to the scripture. And say, well, what do you do? Believe. Amen. There's the offense of the cross right there. Well, I'll read the rest. Why would they were even cut off which trouble you? But brethren, you have been called unto liberty. He's already said what that liberty is. Liberty to serve God without the demands. Look down at verse 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. In the context that he's put it in this chapter. If you're led of the Spirit of God through his word, you're not under the law in order to be saved by it. Nobody ever truly was, but there are people that put themselves under it. He said, now, verse 19, the works of the flesh are manifest, brought forth, which are these, Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Oh, uh, is that covered up here? All right. Idolatry, is that covered up there? Top three? Witchcraft is right there. Hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, other which I tell you before, as I've told you also in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You don't think people need to know the law? Amen. 
And I think God's people need to be reminded of the law. You're not free to disobey it. I'm not. Who do I think I am? That I can receive the redemption of Christ and then go right back and do the same things that he redeemed me from. What kind of a mind is that? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The law is weak through the flesh. Nobody ever said anybody ever kept the law. Matter of fact, that's the very thing. We haven't. And we can't. And we need a law keeper. And we've got one. Jesus Christ, the righteous. But God help us to not forget his law.